0: Light that spark, Fire Nation. John Lee Dumas here, and welcome to episode 1430 of EO Fire, where I chat with today's most successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. And Fire Nation, I am dropping value bombs daily on Snapchat. It is the only direct mentoring I do, so check out my rants under John Lee Dumas. It is the best way to start your day. And speaking of the best way to start your day, let's chat with today's guest, Howard Howard, are you prepared to ignite?
1: I'm ready, man. I'm here. I've had two triple-tall Americanos, and I'm ready to go.
0: Oh, a little hint, Fire Nation, about what's to come. (laughs) Howard retired from Starbucks after 21 years, where he led both the domestic business as president of North America and was the founding president of Starbucks International. He participated in the growth of the company from 28 stores to over 15,000. He's written two books, The Magic Cup and It's Not About the Coffee. So, Howard, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life
1: well my personal life i've got uh, i've got six grandchildren from ages from 15 down to eight and i've got a partner in life that couldn't be more incredible way smarter than i am and uh, I've had a have had a wonderful life. I grew up as a son of two uh, two, uh immigrants. And my father was a small time entrepreneur, a small mom and pop grocery store that he opened in 1924. And so I grew up as in an entrepreneurial family, all small mom and pop kind of businesses from jewelry stores to tailors to bagel makers.
0: So I love this story in Fire Nation. You can just see how it resonates, the importance of those that you surround yourself with, the influences that you have in your lives. And then, of course, you know, if you're going down that road of having kids or you have kids, I mean, the influence that you can have on their lives. It's it's really exciting stuff. And Howard, a lot of people know you because of your role for growing Starbucks from just a small company to an international brand and this household name. But way before Starbucks, you had a chance to learn about entrepreneurship from working in your family business. So can you kind of talk maybe a little bit more about how that experience prepared you to grow a company like Starbucks?
1: Well, let me give you probably the single most important example. I was about nine years old and my dad was a couple of years away from retiring. And I was working in his store, you know, working at nine, what? helping as best as I could probably more in the way but he asked me to go get a couple of baskets of strawberries from back from where the fruit was in the back of the store and I went back and got a couple baskets of strawberries and he took those baskets of strawberries and I watched him put them in the bag of the customer and I also noticed that he he hadn't rung those two baskets of strawberries up on his cash register and so after the customer left I said dad you forgot to ring those baskets of strawberries up and he looked at me and he said son he said, not everything we do in life do we get paid for, and I happen to know that those people uh, love strawberries, and I also happen to know that they're having a hard time right now, and they can't afford it, and they're not only our customers, but they're our friends and neighbors, and it's my way of saying thank you, and that was my father teaching me probably the single most valuable lesson in life. You got to give before you get
0: Wow. Now, kind of putting you on the spot here, I mean, was there a scenario at any point during your Starbucks career where like you kind of implemented some of these strategies in some way, shape or form?
1: Absolutely. All the time. That was the foundation of Starbucks. It gave everybody health care benefits in the company, all part time workers. Uh, it had never been done before in our kind of industry. Everybody got equity in the company, whether you're part time or not. Uh, and we just we operated the company like we were all in it together there were no company cars no company airplanes at the time now there is one but i wouldn't buy one if i was there i still would be fighting it (laughs) but uh but you know it's we thought that we were all in it together and so did i earn more than a barista yeah but we got i got exactly the same health care benefits that they got and they got stock options and i got stock options
0: I love that. So my listeners, Howard, on EO Fire here, they are entrepreneurs, small business owners. They are sidepreneurs who are looking to make their kind of impact in this world. And everybody's looking to increase their revenue so they can maybe serve more greatly with more freedom. So can you talk about some of the mindset and strategies that you use to increase sales as you develop new products at Starbucks?
1: Number one is that your people have to be signed on to your greater purpose, you know, we we we're, we're not selling things. We we sell ideas. We, you know, I don't care whether you're se- whether you're selling a cup of coffee. It's still an idea, right? It's still an emotion that causes people to buy. I used to tell our people that we're not in the business of filling bellies, we're in the business of filling souls. And because you don't need to come to Starbucks to get a cup of coffee, You could go a lot of different places. So that meant that we had to serve people in a way that they couldn't be served anywhere else. Take care of your people. You make sure your people are signed on to your greater purpose in life and that those people are able to express what you're doing to the people that they're serving. And everybody is in the service business. If you're selling insurance, you're in the service business. Doesn't make any difference what you do. We're all about serving other people. And when we get that right, our business grows.
0: So I love stories, Howard, and so does my listeners. So can you kind of maybe tell us a story of a time where you were surprised with the success of a certain offering that you had?
1: So Frappuccino came from a district manager in Southern California and she kept calling me telling me to come down and visit her and so I finally did and she took me on a tour of my store our stores and then on some competitor stores and in one of our competitor stores she bought me this drink you know there was no support for us as a matter of fact the head of marketing at the time said we're not in that kind of business we're in the coffee business and so I said I pushed back a little bit but I, I decided I couldn't win this argument at the time and so I had to tell this young woman that we couldn't get it going well about three weeks later she called me up she she said can you come visit again i want you to come see what we're tr- what we want to do and so i went down and visited her on my and my next trip down to southern california and she served me three sample cups with the drink made in it and so finally she just pushed so hard i said okay let's try it but let's not tell anybody so she figured out the recipe she figured out how to do do the job and lo and behold she created a $4 billion business out of nothing, <laughs> out of just a little idea, and it all because we li- listened to her, oh, finally. I love you that. Know, I mean, and you never know where ideas are going to come from. That's why I always say the person who sweeps the floor should choose the broom, because they're the one that know they know most about what they're doing.
0: So let's flip this now. What's something that showed promise, but just didn't sell? Like, what was something that surprised you because it flopped?
1: We always thought that we that hot chocolate fit with Starbucks. You know, we sell hot coffee and choc hot chocolate always goes. So we worked hard to develop this chocolate drink. And we did all the research. We did everything you could possibly do on it. We put it out there, and within one week, it was dead. We totally misjudged the customer, and we had to pull it out. But we always operate under the philosophy. As long as you don't do anything illegal, immoral, or unethical, and you don't poison anybody, that was a big thing at Starbucks, then then you might as well try it. The second one that absolutely failed, we'd done a joint venture with Pepsi. Pepsi did all this research, and we put it out there, the most beautiful bottle you could imagine matter of fact i have this bottle sitting in my desk right now and it's uh it's in a plastic container and you know that that thing got out there and after spending millions of dollars it was an abject failure but you know what it caused it spawned another product called bottle frappuccino which became a huge international business so you just don't know in life
0: Howard, you're a pretty upbeat guy. You seem very optimistic, and you know you are an entrepreneur. I mean, you've had the ups, you've had the downs. You had a 21-year yeah. career at Starbucks. I mean, yeah. you definitely encounter some setbacks and challenges. Can you actually take us to what you consider your worst moment as a leader of Starbucks and really tell us that story?
1: Single worst moment as a leader of Starbucks. It was 3 o'clock in the morning, West Coast time, and I got a call from our regional vice president in Washington, D.C., and, you know, I'm not used to getting calls at three o'clock in the morning. So I knew something was up that it was had to be serious. So he got on the phone and he said a disaster has happened. So what's has gone through my mind quickly is, you know, there's something's burned down. So I had no idea. And he and he told me the story. of Three of our young people had died in a bungled holdup in Washington, D.C. in a Georgetown store. No way was I prepared for that. I never thought in my wildest imagination that three young people would die because of selling a cup of coffee. Just didn't enter my mind. And... Immediately, I got a hold of Howard Schultz, and he happened to be in New York, and he got to Washington, D.C. right away. And the police line, you know, the lines were up, and they were starting their investigation. And it it was a terrible experience to lose three young people, a 24-year-old store manager, uh, an 18-year-old barista, and a 15-year-old barista. It was his first job ever, and his parents were so proud that he got a job at Starbucks. And, and here he di- had died because of uh, this bungled holdup and you know it was I don't, I don't think I've ever been sadder or or more emotionally drained during that time we closed that store and we dedicated all the profits to that store we still do to uh, to uh, getting rid of violence in Washington DC and it's it's one of the things that can happen and when you're when you're running a business because you're part of a greater community and so we had to deal with it.
0: So what are something that you can say that you took away from that experience that maybe just helped you going forward in the future with any number of ventures that you had with Starbucks? You
1: know, one of the things that safety is first. Have somebody at the front door and have one person go in the bathroom and check. Never allow, in our business, never allow one person to close a store down. You know, and always have somebody be checked the whole building before and have somebody by the front door before you lock the door. And so it was those kind of things that really made us really aware of that safety was so important. And our people's lives were a hell of a lot more important, you know, than than costing us a few extra bucks. And so, you know, you got to be conscious of all those things because it's you know, we we. You know, we'll have to look out for our people's well-being. It's not just what they do for us, it's what we do for them. And when you say you care, you have to mean it. You know, people, you hear all the time CEOs say people are our most important asset. And I think that is totally wrong. People are not assets. Assets you own, people you don't. You know, assets, when you, when you, they're trucks, they're computers, and when you turn them on, they pretty much always give you what you expect. People are human beings. We never give each other exactly what we expect. It's usually either more or less, you know, and that's the way it is in life. But, you know, we have responsibility for our people and we have to take that responsibility seriously.
0: So, Howard, in your first book, you talked about how Starbucks was in the people business serving coffee, not the coffee business serving people. So that was an aha moment that you had. And you've had a lot of those as you've developed people and sales strategies. So can you take us to one of what you consider your greatest aha moments and tell us that story?
1: I was with the company for a very short time and I, you know, I, we'd get customer comments, you know, in writing all the time. And I had come back from a trip and there were, you know, probably a couple hundred at my desk and I started reading through and there were three that just struck me and, Uh, It it basically said, uh, you know, you guys are awful arrogant about your coffee. You think that you know more than your customers know. And, you know, we can all go. We can go different places to get coffee. We want to be treated respectfully. And I started to think about that, and I started to look at what we were doing. And it was early days, and it's like very every entrepreneur thinks that their service or their product is the cat's meow. And that's what everybody thought at Starbucks. They thought that they were in the coffee business serving people. And I, that's when I came away with that idea, no, we're in the people business serving coffee. And what matters most is that we care about the people. So I I invited those three customers to come to the support center in Seattle. And I got the whole leadership team, maybe 100 people. And I got everybody together, plus all our store managers. And I had those three customers tell us about what they were feeling. And then we got to ask them questions and have a conversation. And that that began a systemic change at Starbucks, in this little company called Starbucks, to realizing that we really were in the people business. And that's really what drove the company.
0: Fire Nation, if you think Howard's been dropping value bombs so far, just wait till after we get back from the word from our sponsors. The excitement and energy that comes from launching a new product or service for your audience is amazing, but the several steps required to get you to the launch can be overwhelming. First, you have to come up with the idea, then actually create it, and finally, present it to your audience and ask them to pay for it enter the importance of a payment processor. But a lot of payment partners don't make accepting payment from your customers that easy. Luckily, with Braintree, it's different. Braintree lets you accept all forms of payments, including PayPal, Apple Pay, Android Pay, and more. Now you can take them all in over 130 currencies. And as your company grows, Braintree will stay by your side from your first dollar to your billionth. All it takes is a couple lines of code to get you started in a single integration. To learn more, visit braintreepayments.com slash fire. That's braintreepayments.com slash fire. Fire Nation, you've heard the expression, time is money, right? Well, it's true, especially when you run a business. You can't afford to waste time taking care of your legal needs, and that's why you should use LegalZoom. If you work with a typical attorney, they'll charge you for their time. It's called the billable hour. And lots of times they won't tell you how long it'll take in advance. But LegalZoom is different. They're not a law firm. They spent the past 15 years making sure that you get the most out of your time by building a useful website and offering amazing customer support. If you need legal advice, LegalZoom works with independent attorneys Licensed in 48 states who are more focused on helping you than logging billable hours. That's why millions of people have trusted LegalZoom. You can expect quality legal help and flat fees instead of expensive hourly rates. Invest your time and money in your business and use LegalZoom for your legal stuff. And save even more by entering EOF in the referral box at checkout. Visit legalzoom.com and enter promo code EOF. So Howard, we're back and you, know, you talk a lot about strengths and you talk about weaknesses. Let's kind of maybe focus on something that allowed you to achieve success at Starbucks as an individual, like you personally. Because Fire Nation, like we're listening to you right now. We're like, wow, like Howard did so much over the 21 years. What's something that you kind of look at as one of your biggest strengths?
1: Biggest strengths is that I know myself. Not that I'll ever completely know myself and, and that I'm in tune with what my values are. I have a document. Matter of fact, I'm looking at it right now because I see it every day. I carry it with me wherever I go. And it's Howard and 50 words or less. And it starts with my core values. It starts with my eight core values. What, what I, try to manage my life by so the first core value is honesty well everybody would say probably if i asked everybody and everybody in the audience would say i'm honest but each of us might have a different way of acting or making decisions on that word honesty and so i had to define what honesty meant for me you know we all tell little white lies once in a while you know that's just part of life uh and you have to decide what honesty means to you and how it's going to inform the decisions that you make in life. The second thing I have is my mission statement. It goes like this. To live my life every day, nurturing and inspiring the human spirit of myself and others. And that's how I live my life. I, I've realized that I have to take care of myself physically and spiritually uh In order for myself, in order for me to really serve other people effectively. And so that mission drives my life every day. And then I have how I do everything, my six P's with purpose, passion, persistence, patience, performance, and the most important one, serving people. And uh, and then I live my life according to a plan. I have, you know, I'm 72 years old and I still have a five-year plan. That's pretty optimistic, yeah. you know, and uh, I have a one, three, five-year goals and I still do it. And, you know, I live my life now, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not managing a career, you know, I i am doing the work that I was put on this earth to do, which is to help people become better human beings, starting with myself. And so that's, that has, that is what's driven me. And I've been, I've had this plan and I've had the this, uh, fit Howard in 50 words or less, and it's changed over time, but I've had it for almost 40 years. And that has made a huge difference in my
0: life. Howard, in both of your books, both the magic cup and it's not about the coffee. You talk a lot about the importance of building a company and leading from a place of values first. So why are you so passionate, or as I would say, why are you so fired up about the importance of using values to become a better entrepreneur and leader?
1: Because they form the core of who you are and what you're about. If your people don't know what you stand for and you don't act on those words, right, then then what holds it together? It You know, businesses are not held together because of their products or the services they provide. Businesses are held together because they have a purpose that's greater than the organization. They have a purpose that's greater than any individual. And those purposes, that purpose is is about values, about how we serve other human beings. And we have to do that with passion. You know, if you've got these values, you know, minor honesty, fairness, respect for self and others, responsibility, integrity, trust in self and others, caring and love that purpose, you know, deserves passion. When you are passionate about your values and you live those values, right, you act on them. Doesn't mean we do it all. We're not perfect. No human being is perfect. We make mistakes and we screw up on those, on those core, on the values that we have. But when we, when we try to act on them all the time, the people that we're serving, those customers know that. And they want to be part of our team in, in essence. They want to buy from people that they know that really care.
0: So, Howard, I really want to end strong by focusing on your book, The Magic Cup. So, let's kind of maybe take a step back and have you share why you wrote this book and who specifically would gain value from reading it.
1: Well, I think that anybody would gain value from from somebody in high school that wants to learn about leadership and values all the way up to somebody that's running a big corporation because it really is a story. It's a parable about a guy that takes on the challenge of being a CEO of a company and he's challenged. He's challenged with the status quo. He's challenged with all the mistakes that have been made before and, and he's challenged with his own internal uh, uh, compass. He's challenged about trying to live up to his values and he, and he has to deal with his own personal fears and, and those challenges are hard. And it's not easy living life. It's not easy leading companies or leading. It doesn't make any difference whether it's a company that is doing 200,000 a year or, or 2 billion a year. It's all the same. It's all the same. And so The Magic Cup is about that story, about the struggles that we all face as leaders, whether, whether you're leading a family or whether you're leading a corporation.
0: So, Howard, you're a big guy when it comes to virtues, and there's actually 11 virtues within the Magic Cup, and I kind of want to just read through them quickly, and then I would love for you to maybe pick out one or two of these and expound upon them for my audience, again, Fire Nation, who are entrepreneurs looking to grow their business in a value-driven, virtuous way. So, there's responsibility, curiosity, cooperation, trust, truth, hope, forgiveness, focus, stewardship, courage and connection so what are a couple of those that we can maybe expound upon that would be of value for our listeners
1: well the first one and i think that the most important one in life because it it's it's what makes life work it's what makes our marriages work our relationships work and that's the word trust and if we don't have trust between us we have nothing you know, if any of your listeners are married or have a significant other or just a friend in their lives, if you don't have trust between each other, you have nothing. And so trust is what makes organizations go, just like it makes a family go. And if we can't trust each other, and I always operate on the idea that I give trust before I get trust. I always thought, you know, I have always heard some leaders say, well, people have to earn my trust. And I say, no, they don't, i the, the people have to. The people have to not earn your trust. You you have to earn their trust. And you know, servant leadership is about giving trust. And so, I think leaders have a responsibility to trust their people first until their people have proven that they're not trustworthy. And then, even when that happens, that you try to help them become trustworthy. The second one is forgiveness. There are no perfect human beings, and the first person you're going to have to learn to forgive is yourself. You're going to be able to have to look in the mirror and say, I screwed up. I didn't do it in the right way. And forgive yourself and then go ask for forgiveness from your people. You know, put it right out there. Just like sometimes you have to ask for forgiveness from your children or from your spouse. You, you've got to learn to put it out there. And that means you need to be vulnerable. And so trust and forgiveness, I think, are two of the key elements in running any organization. You know, uh, we have to trust each other and we have to learn to forgive each other.
0: Trust, forgiveness. Howard, let's end today on fire with a parting piece of guidance from you. The best way that we can connect with you and then we'll say goodbye.
1: Okay, the best way to connect from with me is hb at howardbhart.com or through my website. Here's what I believe about life. You know, if somebody reaches out to you, you have a responsibility to reach out back. I have operated under that philosophy my whole life. I never turn anybody down. I don't care who they are. I will answer a question. I will call back. I will send an email back. And when I I believe that when you do that, you know, people will reach back to you. And so that's what I would leave your listeners with is give more than you get. It will serve you well.
0: I love that. And Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with HB and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Type Howard in the search bar. His show notes page will pop right up with links to everything that we've been talking about. He shared his website, his email address. We'll have everything linked up there. Of course, his two books will both have linked up there as well. And you definitely want to be reading all of them. I mean, it's not about the coffee, great book, but the most recent, The Magic Cup, Fire Nation. Consume that content, read it, And here's a call to action for you. If you really enjoyed and get value, which I know you will, take the time and leave an honest review. You heard Howard. He loves reviews. He takes that feedback seriously. And it's very valuable for us authors to get that rating, to get that review. So make that happen as well. And I just want to say, Howard, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you, brother, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you. Hey, Fire Nation, hope you enjoyed our chat with Howard today. I mean, how cool is that? The main man at Starbucks for 21 years. So you know this, Fire Nation. Our newsletter is simply a bomb. It's where I share the latest and greatest in the world of entrepreneurship. So simply head over to eofire.com to subscribe or text the word EOFIRE to 33444 and I'll catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. Looking for an easier way to accept payments from your customers? Braintree lets you accept all forms of payments in over 130 currencies. To learn more, visit braintreepayments.com slash fire.